This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Muchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rabbi Peretz podcast. We are during the Passover holiday. We just had an incredible Seder here in Venice. I hope you had a meaningful Seder wherever you were. Or I appreciate the feedback of people getting their digital podcast Seder. So we'll keep uh, upgrading our abilities here and adding more value and more value wherever we can. And today I want to add value to the extension of Passover. Pesach is not just this holiday of a Seder or even the eight-day holiday of not eating leaven. Passover is the beginning of an incredible journey. In ancient times, the Jewish people going from from Egypt to Sinai to receive the Torah. And in our modern world, it's about checking back into the energy of this time that was unleashed during that time. Time is a spiral. It comes around to where you were the year before, but always on a higher level or at least in a higher capacity for you to access what's going on in that moment. So the journey of leaving Egypt includes checking in with ourselves and seeing what we're all about. This is actually a natural experience. In Jewish tradition, even though human beings are part of nature, their job is to be the custodians, might you say, the partners to the creator to elevate nature. And the only way to really elevate nature is to begin within yourself, to elevate yourself as well. And this process of leaving slavery behind and going to freedom and taking the Torah and becoming the Jewish people included the elevating of each individual man, woman, child. It took this incredible experience of elevation for this to really happen. You see, nature, it works on a seven-day cycle. And in the seven-day cycle, we have one day reserved for rest and six days for work for another time, that big conversation, because we always need to think about our miniature cycle. But then there's the even the micro cycle, your universe that you live within, which starts in your emotional and psychological view of the universe. And the way you connect to it is also through your own seven cycle. In Kabbalah, these seven are connected to the days of the week, but they're also connected to your seven emotions. And your seven emotions are love and discipline and connected by compassion. And the next three would be endurance or victory completed by humility and bonding, foundation, all within the plate of dignity. These seven concepts, I think, are worth exploring because they not only connect us back to Passover, which is about leaving our personal slavery behind, but learning who we are as an individual, the most important part. So I'd like to dedicate each week from here all the way to the holiday Shavuot. It's seven weeks, each week seven days. That's seven times seven, 49. Look at us. And we're going to take this concept of love for this week, the first and most important emotion, and talk about it a little bit. And joining me to talk about this emotion is, of course, the love of my life. Miriam, happy Pesach to you. Are you dedicating these seven weeks to me? I dedicate every week to you. <laughs> seven weeks. I mean, I, seven weeks? If it was Just that what, easy. You talked about dedication. I'm like, oh, dedicating it on the podcast. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love it. I I dedicate all the podcasts to you because you're my biggest fan. So, and I'm your biggest fan. It's all fan. about me. It's, all, it's always about you. Well, in the seven-week journey, something that I think, I don't think we've taken it for granted. I think it's been part of our relationship since we met. It's been a big part about this leaving Egypt, this concept of elevating ourselves and using these seven weeks to really get ready to receive the Torah. And it really played out in our life in such an incredible way because 
we met, we got engaged right before the Passover holiday, and we actually, their first cycle of, we got married in the summer, but we got to go through that seven-week series, this seven-week series together as we were engaged, and I remember very much being engaged with you about this, and actually, pun intended right there, and actually... <laughs> Really going through these weeks, it was a really incredible journey to do that with you. And then just a year later, we went through this seven-week journey as we anticipated the birth of our first child, who was born the last day of this 49-day journey. It's pretty wild. So when we start this journey of seven weeks and refining oneself and growth, it was just, uh, it happened very personally for me. And so I'm so excited to have you on and talk about it and share about it. What do you remember from our opening couple of years doing this uh, exercise together. It was a very physical preparation in, in both. Ooh, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> no, just aside for the emotional element and the actual mitzvah of counting the Omer, it, you know, just there was anticipation in both elements. One, I was counting down to a wedding and the other counting down to a first child. So there was just like, I wasn't doing it alone. There was a partnership there and um, and there continues to be. So that's why I'm just excited to be doing this journey again with you as the more developed self that I am today. Oh, you're fantastic. Well, this first week is the week of love. And in the world, they always say, what is love? You know, they're always wondering, what is love? What is it that connects us? Is it just survival? Is it just biological? But in Jewish tradition, love is really essential because it is, the, it is the emotion that ultimately connects us with other people and at its highest force connects us with God himself. We're able to connect with God through love more than any other emotion, and we're able to connect with people with love through any other emotion. So it's worth understanding what love is and working on it and developing it because it's, it's a useful tool, to say the least. I'm totally hippied out with love can change the world, but it takes effort and it takes work. It doesn't take just blind love. It takes actual nuanced love for this to happen. So even though we begin with this concept of it takes love, the right word for love in Jewish tradition would be loving kindness, like flowing as one word, love and giving, a giving love. See, love ultimately is the spectrum of giving. If you're willing to give everything to somebody, that's a very high level of love, maybe even the highest. So learning how to give for God, right? People who love God because they're benefiting from it, the system works for them. It's not the highest level of love. Loving somebody and you feeling great pleasure out of it isn't, doesn't relate to love. Love is how much would you give that person and they give you and that harmonizes together and you get that incredible thing. Well, that's where I come in because the harmony is my favorite part because you got the first day, which is loving kindness, the second day, which is the discipline and love, and then the third day, the compassion, the harmony and loving kindness. And what fuses the two? What is this harmony? And and I actually think of it as the menage a trois in Judaism because you have the couple, the, <laughs> the, the two opposites. Like how is it that two people can come together, especially um, – if you think of sometimes opposites attract and, and sometimes me and parrots kind of fall into those two things. Um, and then the third comes and it's the harmony. So if, if you really look deep and see that, that spark of, of God within each one of us, then you go past 
you get to the root of love and that's where the harmony comes in because that's how you can bring that, you know, hippied out peace amongst the world because you realize that everyone has that spark that can come together. So even if there's all these elements of, of those people that get to it through loving kindness and those people that get to it through discipline, you can bring God into the picture and have that harmony. I agree. Without a, a very strong third element and that third element being your relationship's place within your mission and within what you're here for on earth, meaning the relationship stop being just self-serving, but the relationship is a conduit for what's being contributed from your your personal agendas now become a mission for one another to enable one another to really impact the world. That third element, which is essentially what divinity is, is the third element, the partnership and creation, not just here for yourself. So I certainly, you know, feel that we're lucky that we were able to have that at from the get-go and still work on that. That's I think a lifetime of work to really develop and elevate our mission together and our harmony together to really impact our surroundings. So we don't just use our love to make ourselves feel good, but we use it to empower one another to go out there and do our work. So that's what a relationship could be for people. I think that's what we consistently tell people, that your relationship needs to be your mission. And it needs to be a calling for two people to figure out what they can impact the world together and how they can impact the world together. I working say, on it every day. <laughs> working on it every day. <laughs> we're going to skip because we're going to deal with different emotions each week. The last one to me, though, is always worth mentioning because the last of the emotions is maybe the hardest to describe, but the most important yet, and that is dignity. You need to have a dignified relationship. And dignity is not entirely just related to the pleasure element and to the giving element. It's related to a knowledge that I fit within this relationship. It's related to the space that knowing that I have value there. And that can be worked on incredibly because when people find this type of dignity and add nobility to the other person in their relationship, essentially they create a level of intimacy outside of just physical intimacy. And when you have that type of relationship, then a person can feel completely empowered and nurtured and joyful, even without the pleasures of intimacy. And even when they have, you know, major work going on that's keeping them somewhat apart, but finding how to give dignity to the other person can really change that. And we know this because of how it works with God. When we feel connected to God, we feel dignified. We feel like we matter. We feel like being on earth, I have I have a place in this incredible universe that that we're a part of. That change in perspective only happens with this type of dignity and maturity that can happen within love. So hence, love's got to constantly grow, and we got to constantly look back and see, wow, we were over there, and that was great. Imagine where we could be now. See this maturity in our growth. And when we have that, then uh, then we can really have you know that personal nobility to really feel excited about not only our relationship. So I would say that when people say, wow, you guys got married young, how are you going to be married your whole entire lives? And I'm like, well, it's changed every year. It's grown every year. It's added every year. And that, I think, comes from this level of malchut, which could mean kingship. But kingship is really when you feel that relationship, that nobility, that personal satisfaction in who you are because of how somebody makes you feel, but not as in a selfish space, but from a pure space of, of like, look what we accomplished together. Look at our mission together. If somebody like a king makes you feel good, but is not a good person, that's not that that doesn't work long term. But if 
if there was a leader that was noble, made you feel noble, and was doing great things, what an incredible space that would occupy. So that's what I try to make my part of the relationship. I can only control my part is to make you feel great and also to like act. a queen oh, <laughs> to get her to sing oh my gosh and to and to and to try to create this space where you could you feel like even when it's difficult but we're on this mission together so we can accomplish that yeah you know feeling like a queen is great and when someone raises you up to feel that way is great but Recently, the hard work for me within this emotional process of love in my more developed self as an adult and about to bar mitzvah, my my son, yeah. um, I'm going through this journey of really working on this within myself, of taking all these steps and, and every day analyzing how do I, how do I bring this harmony within myself? How do I make myself stronger to be that better half to be that mom that I want to be to be that friend that I want to be to be all those elements of self and this journey through going through the sphero is really helping me through that so I just wanted to <laughs> a little self-share over there well I, I really like um, on the app my Omer from meaningful life center the exercise for malchut of chesed or this or this type of energy of dignity within this loving kindness space, the exercise is to highlight an aspect of your love that has bolstered your spirit and enriched your life and celebrate it. It's a beautiful idea of like seeing how the love has actually contributed to my growth and maturity. And when we take that look back, I think it uh, really allows us to see the growth within our couplehood, and in the mission and how that's actually been effective and we see how it's actually taken us places. So it's incredible to be on this journey with you. Bring it on. Bring it on. All right. Thank you for joining us, Miriam. Uh Uh, It's wonderful having you here. Good rest of your Passover, Pesach. And I can't wait to continue having these discussions with you and with you out there. Freedom. Happy Pesach. Shem Tari